I can love you in a secret way. I can love you each and every day. He knows where she's at. He knows where she's at. That's his secret. Dude, that song is creepy. What it's he... disgusting. No, no, I don't want to hear no more. What, what, one more time. Some of the information you are about to hear, some may find disturbing. What police found in the soil was this. Seven bodies wrapped up in sheets and duct tape. They had to drink each other's blood. You're not making this shit up, right? Welcome to Two Guys, One Crime. Welcome everybody back to the podcast. This is Two Guys, One Crime. We are your hosts. I am Little Jim, as with me as always, my dad. Can I talk now? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> What's your name? Oh, Yim. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. God. As with me, as always, is my dad, Big Jim. Uh, we are two guys who like to talk about crime. Uh, we mostly dabble in the true crime essence, uh, but we are going to be getting into something a little bit different every so often. So it's not always going to be murder or uh, suspicious disappearance or something like that. Eventually, we'll get into other crimes as well. But real quick before we get started, uh, UFC legend, legend, Kane Velasquez has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder. What? No way. Swear to God, he was... From San Jose. Cain lives here in the Bay Area. Correct. San, Ho- San Jose, Cain Velasquez. What's the full former, story? Former UFC heavyweight champ. Who did he try to UFC, kill? His, that coat, the owner of the gym? That is unclear. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. All it says, and I'm reading this directly from... Uh, NY Post, so it's a very good source. Cain Velasquez, one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, was arrested in California on suspicion of attempted murder. San Jose police announced on Tuesday that Velasquez was arrested in connection with the shooting, with a shooting in which a male adult was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. The police said in a the motive and circumstances surrounding this incident are still under investigation at this time. He is holy fuck. He is so young. He's, he's only thirty nine. Yeah, he's he's been fighting. I think he started fighting in his mid twenties. Holy shit! I didn't know that. I thought he was mm-hmm. older. Yeah, now the old dudes are like Boss Rutten and and uh, Don Fry. Uh, Velasquez, 39, was booked into a Santa Clara County jail Monday night, and he's being held without bail. So yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So just for everyone who is who doesn't know, uh, right now we're recording this on March 1st. So this the, he was arrested on February 28th. I wow. Bet he wishes it was a leap year. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh my god. Now I'm sorry. Oh boy. Okay. Well, uh I'll I'll, I'll hope and pray for the best resolution. Agreed. My apologies, Mr. Velasquez Vasquez. Yeah, you don't want him fucking coming after you. He's already tried to kill people, someone, apparently. Yeah, see? And he knows how it's to professionally knock someone's fucking face off. Did you happen to see the story that I put on Instagram? No. Uh, when did you put it in? I haven't been on Instagram yesterday. yet since yesterday. Yesterday. Well, I, I saw I, I saw. you got me rolling. Yeah. No, no <laughs> not my person. No, no, not my person. My wife uh, broke her foot. Should have put a stick shift on it. I know, yeah, right? So hold this. <laughs> See me rolling. <laughs> what's uh, Jesse from from uh, what's his name? Jesse from uh, Fast and Furious could have could have souped it up. My my wife. Uh, we went. God, 
we went to Tahoe over this last week for my daughter's seventh birthday and her first slope of the day. That's what's so crazy. It was the first slope of the day. It was almost, it was 30, 45 minutes before closing time. And she was, and she went down with my daughter. And the best part is, is I, I, I got my camera out, my phone to record it in slow motion, just so I can put a video montage together for her birthday like i did last year which i did this one too and uh it ends with a broken leg a broken ankle and so that's where we're at with her so i I, on my personal stories i put her rolling around in grocery outlet (laughs) in one of those motorized scooters it says see me rolling (laughs) and hey ten yeah, she needs some airbag hydraulics on it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, no, uh, our podcast, our podcast is number 46. Where in Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, for true, they're having war right now in that area. I don't know if they are, they're, we're getting them through the war. So, salute soldiers. Kazakhstan. I hope everything makes it. It's called China. That's between China and the U.S. or Russia, right? Uh, I can so, they're Mon- so they are of Mongolian descent, pretty much. Kazakhstan is actually where Borat's from. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, yeah, that's where Borat's from. Very nice. <laughs> Basically, it's a non-fictional character, so it's a non-fictional. No, it's a place. Area. No, it's a it's place. Real? Yeah, it's it's literally between. Actually, it is bordering Russia, the south part of Russia, and yes, it is actually uh, east of Mongolia, and north north of China. That's where them big fuckers lived in them yurts, and they go yeah. hunt elk and fucking, and they eat shit by hand, and yeah, they they grab elks by the face and fucking just wrestle them to the ground. But yeah, we're number. And they're only six. five years old. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Well, thank you. How do you say thank you in Kazakhstan? How are you? Gonna, I don't know. How are you going to ask me? I'm going to Google that shit. Thank you. Like I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, we're number 46 on, on their true crime category of Apple Podcasts in Kazakhstan. So thank you everyone from Kazakhstan who is listening. Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate that. Didn't even think you that we would be even out in that area. Also, real quick, this is uh, some some older news now, but we haven't recorded it in about a week or two. Congratu- congratulations to Molly and Cody for joining a podcast net- network. Um, uh, the name oh, is yeah. Slipping- Darkcast. Darkcast. C- congratulations to to uh, you two. Um, wish you guys the very best. I mean, that's that's pretty cool because they have a, a a few podcasts on on that um, network that I saw. Yeah, Curly Curiosity is really good. So yeah, True Crime California uh freaky af there's a few of them i've been listening to let's just let's let know we've got new mics they're sensitive just so uh if if you can't hear a difference which i'm hoping you can everyone listening or watching because i can hear a difference with my headphones plugged into this thing we have new microphones uh i did uh, I, i i did post on on our instagram page um a couple weeks ago that they were going to be coming soon and now we have them and they are awesome holy shit we can hear everything in the infamous words of cody that's yeah. enough of the fluvity floof the fluvity floof uh oh actually no one thing one thing i for- that i forgot to mention in one of our previous episodes and that was with uh dorothea puente and i, I was i was going poop earlier and i was trying to remember what i should should bring up and you know I cleared out some space. I, I cleared out some some gigabytes and freed up some some uh, memory. Uh, <laughs> uh, with Dorothea Puente, one of her uh, victims, and I can't remember exactly, but I know it's one of these two women. It was either Betty Palmer or Ruth Monroe. One of the two, when they were found, and I actually forgot to put this in. I had it on my uh, on my notes. I had it as like a. Uh, bullet point parentheses parentheses and uh, i just i missed over it and one of them um again i can't remember if it was ruth or betty was found without her head 
It was the only oh, victim. Yeah. It was the only victim found without their head. And to this day, they never found the head. So I that person fed it to the, I think she fed it to the people in it. Well, mom, no, go I don't want to speculate. No, I don't speculate. want to speculate, but no, that speculate. area, that area, that, that, that's what, that's what makes it so much fun. Speculate. Oh, that area back then, you know, it wasn't as developed. So there was still a bunch of wildlife out there. True. Well, that, I mean, that it, used, that it was to... the eighties. No, dude. Since we left to Arizona in 99, before that, before you were born, even in the 80s, I used to drive up to my buddies in Chico and take that highway. It was still toolies and wildlife and bird and pheasant. You can even hunt for elk in that area. So I don't know exactly where in Sacramento County she lived. The origin of where this story takes place to compare to where the wildlife used to be, there was plenty of wildlife. So I'd imagine some something may have taken it and already devoured it. That was my housekeeping uh, that I wanted to get out of the way because I know that's one of the things that I forgot to mention and I don't want, you know, the internet fucking people being like, hey, asshole, you forgot to mention this like they did with the Delphi murders. You know, her name was not Germaine. It was German. And then you hear every fucking news outlet even today. Oh, that's what it was, too. I have another one of those. There's an update with the Delphi murders. In December 2021, a social media account was linked to uh, the deaths of Abby and Libby. Indiana State Police have connected Keegan Klein to the account. The account in which they're talking about is Anthony Shots. I believe it was at Anthony underscore Shots. Keegan created this account, and this is why he was in jail when the news outlet that, that I saw, which was WTRTHR uh, uh, Channel 13 in Indiana, he was able to give an interview to them. Keegan created the account for specifically sexual and lewd acts online only. He stated he created this account. To Instagram? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And we're fucking banned off of going live. Yeah, that's that, that's great. Uh, he strictly made that account in, for the, the intention of receiving explicit photos from underage girls uh which he was talking to abby however it's not clear whether or not she had sent anything to him or whether or not they have even met this person but he is now labeled as a person of interest seeing as he um had that account and they were linked fairly close uh at this time it's unclear if keegan met the girls at all keegan has also provided uh, DNA such as hair and saliva to the state police and is waiting for further information. Oh, but he's he is incarcerated for something he's else. He's incarcerated, though. yes. Yeah. So now they're just trying to connect the dots and try to correct bring him. Okay. Correct. I want to start off a little fun. Let's play a little game real quick before we start the episode. All right. All right. If you were a serial killer. What do you think your serial killer name would be? Here's here's the rules. You have to okay. use the street name of your first home bot and your favorite movie. And it'll be the blank blank killer. My first movie that I remember or just one of my no, one of your one of your favorite movies, and then the street of the home that you first bought. The Desert Cove Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking crazy name. Seriously? Oh, that's yeah. Right you, I forgot that you bought that house. Yeah. Exorcist is or huh? is your favorite movie? We said one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know that or, that was one of your favorite. Enter the Dragon. So let's see. Mine, mine would be. Ooh, it's, this is a good one. The Pleasant Crow. Yeah. The yeah. Pleasant Crow Killer. Ooh, I, I would kill him with sympathy and kindness and then slit their throat. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be the Desert Cove Exorcist. That's a fucking that's wicked my, name. That's my scissor. That's my serial killer name. That's a wicked <laughs> name. I might even title this that, that name. 
the desert cove exorcist <laughs> that's hella cool i can't even lie you just shit on 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 mine the pleasant crow i sound like a fucking fruity animal flying around all right <laughs> well before we i i get into this real quick this may be a two-part episode just so you know, because this is so much information that I have. Not only well, that, well, son, I have two-part episode time. I don't do shit. Well, I got this a is, lot of clothes to fold that you saw my yesterday. Exercise. This is technically my. No, I go out. I walk. I'm not. I'm lying. I do do shit, but technically, this is this is the only thing I consider working is doing the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so this may this may be a part two, just to give you a heads up, just to give you the listeners and viewers a heads up too. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on it, but I think we're we're gonna have to do a part two. Disclaimer: uh, This episode is very sad. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a little bit depressing. It describes the following information: a bloody home, a suspicious husband, uh, two no-neck Mexicans, a missing woman. And a very, very sad ending twist. It is one that'll probably leave you saying, what in the fuck is wrong with you guys? Now, not me. I'm not telling the story. It's that crazy fuck on the other side of the phone here. Howdy doody. <laughs> uh, yes, this is a very twisted, not very twisted, but it is a, it's a, it's a disappearance story. I will, so I will give you that. This is the disappearance of Susan Powell. And uh, today, my sources for the podcast are as follows. The K-O-M-O news, comonews.com, uh, an article from there, an article from archive.sltrib.com, article from king5.com, an article from k-u-t-v.com, an article from kslnnewsradio.com, uh, Kindle Ray's podcast or YouTube channel, I should say, and a ksl.com article. And all of the all of these links will be in the show notes below. You guys can read over these, and this is where I found most of the material, as well as the good old Wikipedia facts. Let's get into the story. Sounds familiar. The Powell name sounds familiar. Okay. So this is how I'm going to open it up for you and everyone listening. So hopefully everyone can hear it. Let me know if, if you can hear it when it starts playing. Uh, we have a video and it says Susan Powell talks about her life and possessions. It's a 12 minute video that I'm not going to play 12 minutes of, uh, but it's from the Salt Lake City Tribune. Uh, this is me. July 29th, 2008. It is 12.33. On time. Um, covering all my bases, making sure that if something happens to me or my family or all of us that our assets are documented. Yep, I, I know exactly who this is. Live happily ever after as much as that's possible. Um, this is Susan Powell. She said in, in this video that she's making a video and documenting all of her and her family's belongings uh, in case something happens to her or anything like that. Now, if you watch the video, this was also in July. This was on July 29th, 2008. Uh, actually, a few days after my birthday. Um, she kind of rolled her eyes after she, she said, you know, so in, in case something happens and we can all live happily, happily ever, ever after and rolled her eyes. What do you think that recording why do you think she recorded that? Well, I know the story now. It's how I knew it sounded familiar. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it is it is one of the absolute worst that I've ever watched. And I say that on multiple levels and multiple uh, failed attempts. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. Now, this video was recorded six months before Susan went missing. Uh, but before we, we get into how and when she got missing, in part one of, of this episode, uh, we're going to cover uh, who Susan was, her husband Josh, uh, their time of living in the Utah area, which is where most of this uh, story takes place. And then we will 
leave it on a very creepy note uh, involving her father-in-law. Susan was born October 16th. 1981 she's born in new mexico with a wonderful wonderful parents and a loving family her parents were together and would go on trips very often and overall would have a good time with one another now with her family religion was a very very big thing specifically mormon her and her family were mormon they would always attend church and they would always attend church functions they did not she susan did not know life outside of anything other than the religion and they were and that was a very uh that was the strong backbone of this family not to say that religion is bad or anything like that whatever you believe in is what you what you believe in it's just when you're you know people got a very tight grip on you with 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 certain religions and chastity from drinking the kool-aid will will agree some of the Religions are pretty fucking crazy. So, Shouldn't exist. Yeah, some of them. Yes, Scientology. Uh, Susan, <laughs> Susan was known as a selfless, sweet person who would give the shirt off of her back and money to anyone if needed. Uh, Josh, her husband, uh, boyfriend at the time, he was born on January 20, 20th, 1976. So he's just a few years older than she was. He was born in Payolup, Washington. Uh, He was the second oldest of four kids. It was three boys, one daughter. Josh's father, Stephen, Stephen, excuse me, was very abusive towards Josh. Now, when you look at the two, Josh and Susan, they had vastly different upbringings. Susan was with the church. She had a, a great foundation. She was always happy. Her parents were always happy. Josh, on the other hand, not so fucking lucky. This guy had a very twisted life. Let's get into him real quick. Josh's father, Stephen, was very abusive towards Josh, specifically Josh, by the way. He was also abusive both physically and verbally to the other children, but more specifically towards Josh. Court documents uh, later in years... Uh, found that his parents uh, his parents divorced and because of that it shed a very grim and terrible light on josh's upbringing divorce is never a good thing for anybody doesn't matter who you are what you are divorce is a horrible horrible thing for any child or children the document stated this is the crazy part okay this is this is one of the many crazy parts of this story steven his dad josh's dad would sit with him and his two brothers and watch pornographic movies with them. There's a big difference if you're watching like beer fest and a pair of tits shows up on the screen. That's two to three seconds of boobage. Yeah. You're not sitting there watching full on penetration pornographic movies with your children. That's Um, fucking weird. They were young. I don't care how old, teenage, preteen, they were still. Yeah, no, he, but he would sit there and, and watch porn with his kids. That's the weirdest fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. So weird. It was uh, on top of all that, that, that weird shit. Josh was a weird kid to begin with. And they say this very often. And, and, and we know this now through the FBI uh, criminology reports and, and that just like that show Mindhunter. Uh, the uh, profilers, the the killer profiles. If you start killing pets as a child, that's a bad fucking sign. The big indicator of trouble. <laughs> and this guy killed his gerbils for fun. We mean for fun. So if that wasn't a first sign of crazy, the the fucking killing of animals, or the fact that he sits there with his dad and watches porn, and some even speculated. That witchcraft would also be practiced. That Josh would dabble in the dark arts, as, as some would call. That I never heard. Uh, but it's also safe to say uh, Josh was a little out there. Right? A little? Uh, just a little. <laughs> and if that wasn't crazy enough, there's two more things that happened when he was a kid. Uh, one of which, 
one of which he attempted suicide. Obviously, uh, that didn't work out too well because it didn't. He didn't kill himself, as you will all find out when this story progresses. And what's even double twisted is this guy had no remorse. I don't even know if it's remorse, but he just didn't care about his family, his mom. Okay, his mom. Have you before I, before I go any further? Have you ever been upset okay. with? with your mom sure like you you're like you've Not gotten some... mad like oh fuck but have you ever like yelled at her or anything like that uh i don't not in like a uh, an aggressive or fighting way no i never yelled like that because that's your we've... mom right you respect yeah her. yeah she brought sure. you a, we've especially talked. especially your your mom you know all the things that that she's gone through in in, in her yeah. life you respect her I don't respect. Yeah. I, I almost said I don't respect my mom. No, no, no. I respect my mom. She's gone through hell and back, hell and high water. Mm. She's. I, mm. I mean, that's. I will take a bullet for her. I'll. I'll fucking. Anything goes with my mom. I. I. I love her to death. Love you, mom. This guy got pissed off one time at his mom, Josh, because she asked him to do the dishes. How do you think he retaliated towards her? Well, he probably broke him. <laughs> that would that would be the smart response, or uh, even a better it response. Wor- it was worse. He attacked her with a fucking butcher knife. Oh, yeah. See, I've never heard that about this dude. Yeah, he attacked her with a butcher knife for doing the dishes. Hey, son, you know. <laughs> That fork that you just put in there. You mind scrubbing that shit off and putting it away? The fuck you say to me, mom? How, how does this register to, to, to people that that's a good thing to fucking do? You know, unfortunately, it happens. I grew up some friends like that who didn't like their parents in general. Now, as crazy as all this shit is, one of the things that Stephen and Josh's mom, who I could not find her uh, name one of the things that they kept on their priorities their priority lists of keeping things up in the family is marriage marriage was a very sacred thing don't forget like i said they were also mormon so that's like i mean i don't know if mormons have commandments but same thing they they believe in family and growing it (laughs) yes correct extensively so keeping the family together was a big thing and so uh marriages relationships they didn't want they they really didn't believe in divorce or anything like that so his side of the family josh's side of the family was very happy to when when they found out that they were married when they were 19 they got married when they were 19 and the family was a little shocked her 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 family specifically susan's family uh, not so much Josh's fucking whack jobs over there. Uh, they were a little shocked. They they weren't upset. They were just more kind of taken back. Uh, once they got married, however, the newlyweds decided to spread their Mormon wings and move out to a bigger, vast valley, which is where they went to West Valley City, Utah. Now we're going to cover their time in Utah. And it starts like this. In 2005, Josh and Susan had their first son, Charles. In 2007, their second son, Brandon, was born. Now, shortly after the birth of Brandon, Susan began to tell her childhood friend, Darlene, of her life with Josh was not all sunshines and daisies as everyone thought. Matter of fact, she would would tell uh, Darlene that Josh was very abusive. Now, again, kind of taking a little back step. When, when you have a, 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 a very shitty upbringing, that tends to bleed into your adult life. It, it creates your adult life. It's a pattern. Yeah. It's a repeated yeah. pattern. That's what it is. It, it's a, it's a re- repeated pattern. Um, Susan would, would go on to say that the pair, her and Josh, were no longer sexual after Brandon was born. 
since 2007. And uh, they were actually suffering financially, which if, if you're listening to this and, and if you're kind of getting like a little memory, it's kind of reminds, reminds me actually of the Chris Watts case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy was struggling financially. They had two children. They were not in a very good relationship. They didn't even have sex. Come to find out that dude was sleeping around. This, however, is not Chris Watts. He is a much darker person, as we will find out. The events of Susan Powell go as follows. Now, uh, 2009, December 6th, at around noonish, Susan and the boys, who were four and six at the time, walked home from a church service with a friend, uh, Curacy Hellwell. (laughs) It's an interesting name. Around 1 p.m., the neighbor, Giovanna Owings, came by the house. Now, Giovanna remembers seeing the family eating pancakes and eggs for dinner. She came over to the house, and and Susan and some of the neighbors were very friendly, so she would have some of the the neighbors over. So she came over that day. She was there when when Susan made this for dinner. It was around 4 p.m., I'm sorry, it was around 1 p.m., which is kind of odd that it was an early dinner, but this is what they were saying, that she made pancakes and eggs, and Susan began feeling extremely tired. At around 5 p.m., Susan lays down for a nap. Giovanna leaves, and Josh takes the boys out sledding. Mind you, it's December. They're in Utah. It's snow. It's very fucking cold. Cold, yeah. Yeah, and I just, like I said, earlier in this episode i just got back from tahoe with for my daughter's seventh birthday it was fucking cold up there at 18 degrees i can imagine what it is in utah roughly three hours later that's now about 8 p.m give or take another neighbor sees josh return home this neighbor however did not give his name it was just reported that he's seen josh come home uh december 7th 2009 now it's about two i'm sorry it's about 12 30 a.m So very, very early morning, I guess you could say. Josh and the boys, mind you, had just gotten back from sledding. Mm -hmm. 12.30 in the morning. And now all of a sudden he's like, hey, boys, we're going camping. Get your shit. Let's go. The the campground that they went to was actually called Simpson Springs Campground. Now, I'm going to pause here. We've gone camping hundreds upon hundreds of times Mm -hmm. have we ever one of two questions have we ever left in the middle of night at 12 30 in in the morning to go to the campground uh yeah actually well there goes uh, that question (laughs) so technically yeah we've it was dark there's no lights up there but how often how often do you think people leave at 12 30 in the morning to go hunter hunters hunters do it so not like, but right. So not, yeah, not common, people, you know, yeah, not like no, a family, not camp. No. you know, they'll probably leave at like, let's say six to get to a place by nine or sure. 10. Right. Right. That's you a know, normal. Usually the, yeah. Gates open at nine or like a hotel. Yeah. Reservations begin at that daylight. Yeah. While the dad or mom or whoever is setting up the campsite, yeah. kids go down by the lake or the river, the Creek, whatever. There's a whole thing. You don't take your yeah. children out at 2.30 in the 12.30 in the morning in almost sub-zero fucking temperatures in Utah to go camping. Mind no. you, this place, Simpson Springs Campground, there's nothing out there. It's not like it's a fucking oasis. It's just dirt and rock. Mm. It's natural. And, yeah, and if you've ever been to a valley very specific valley like that it gets fucking cold with the wind chill mm-hmm. now this is now this campground was roughly 25 miles west of vernon which is a very remote small town with a population of about 329 people i say that specifically because they weren't too far from that town and their home wasn't too far from the campground susan however did not join josh and the boys she stayed home at around 9 a.m. on December 7th, uh, excuse me, 
between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. on December 7th, the daycare provider for the boys became alarmed as Susan did not provide any information for the boys not to be taken to daycare. Now, the reason that they would be taken to daycare is because both Susan and Josh worked. Any person with that kind of background, a daycare background or, you know, uh, caretaking background, that's their job. Hey, I'm not bringing so-and-so. Hey, I'm not bringing the kids. I'm not going to go check up on this person today. It is their duty to follow up and say, hey, where where are, are, are these kids? I need to know where they're at. So very kudos to her. Attendance. Uh, yes. So she attempted to make contact with both Josh and Susan. However, both phone, uh, the both times that she tried calling them were unsuccessful. Daycare, the, the daycare, then day, the daycare provider, excuse me, then called her the emergency contact list, notifying Josh's sister, Jennifer. Um, I'm sorry, but this lady does deserve some type of fucking award or an applause or something. Um, because she's like, all right, well, I'm going down the fucking list to see one, where, where are these kids at Two, where are the parents? And if I can't get any answers, I'm calling someone. Uh, she then, she then notified the police as she was very nervous quote of carbon monoxide poisoning in their home. It's not, it's not confirmed whether or not they had some issues with their carbon, carbon monoxide detector or anything like that, but it was just something that she thought of. Good for her. She's a mom. She, she knows. It's part of their, I'm sure it's part of their daily assessment for, for being a company that has to take care of kids. They've got guidelines to follow. And if nobody's called in and notification about their children, of course, it's part of her job. Correct. So again, kudos to her. Later in that day, same day, December 7th, it's around 1 p.m. now. Several where welfare checks were made by the police. When they weren't able to get any answers based off of suspicion, police entered the home and found no one inside the home. Mind you, Susan didn't go camping. Prior to that, she went and fell asleep. This was this was this was given by Giovanna, the 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 the, the neighbor, that she was home. The day before. Now she's not home and no one's seen her leave. It was up. It was almost as if she up and disappeared. <laughs> up and disappeared. There's always that <laughs> phrase again. <laughs> uh, but what they did discover, however, at the home was Susan's purse as well as her phone. Now, back in 2009, this was not what we have now. It wasn't smartphones like this. It wasn't iPhones. Yes, they were starting to come out. They had probably had sidekicks and all that other razors and stuff, but the, your phone still had buttons on them. They weren't so, as advanced as they are today. With that being said, you know, they found it odd that her phone was there. Again, not very high-tech phone, but it's still kind of odd that someone would leave their phone and their purse, all their personal belongings phone uh, uh wallet money driver's license credit cards debit cards all the things that you would need to go about your normal day now what the police also found was this <clears throat> two not one two fans big box fans remember those that big box fan that we had in, in, in the old house they were turned i still on. have two of them do you <laughs> yeah oh, yeah they found two of them turned on high in a quote wet spot in the living room as if they were trying to as if they were it was turned on to dry those spots now either something happened or susan and josh got freaky the 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 night prior and someone broke broke out the uh, baby oil and got real real nasty <laughs> i don't think that guy was that creative uh wait till i tell you about his dad later now police described the wet spot as if someone had like i had mentioned tried to clean something up and to dry it quickly that was a, that was at around 1 p.m this is now between 5 and 6 p.m josh and the boys returned home from their spontaneous camping trip in the middle of the fucking night and upon their return 
he was almost immediately taken to the West Valley Police uh, Station for questioning, as he should have been. The following day on December 9th, excuse me, this was now two days later. He has been there for almost 24 hours, questioning, 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 and answering every question. This dude, he could not get out. Uh, he, he's just so awkward with his with his responses when they're like, well, where, where's your wife at? He's like, oh, well, you know, uh, she just she just wanted to stay home, uh, you know. I just I just took the boys camping. Why 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 wouldn't you bring your wife? Oh, you mean when they were interrogating him? Yeah, when they were questioning him. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, his like it was almost not not that he didn't care, which I'm sure he probably didn't, but he he his answers were just so what's the word lack lackadaisical? It's just nonchalant. It's just so as a matter of fact. Yeah, know, it's like oh. He had a very, I would say, a very sneaky response, very suspicious response. Suspicious. It, yeah, it, it wasn't cocky or anything like that. It was just, oh, no. uh, yeah, she didn't want to go. You know, I took the boys camping and, um, yeah, that's that's what that's what we did. Very odd. Very odd, odd guy. Now, December 9th, Josh calls Susan's father and informs Chuck, that's uh, Susan's dad's name, to inform him that Susan was missing and that Josh had been questioned by the police it's two days after that she's been missing. December 7th is when she went missing. It's now December 9th. The parents of Susan were probably losing their fucking mind because why wouldn't you at least tell them, hey, I just got home from camping. There's police outside. I would have been my first thing to do. Sure. That's just, but I mean, I guess everyone's different, but that's just, that's just me. Well, you don't have a guilty conscience either. So you didn't do anything wrong to redirect attention. True. Very true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's very strange how people can act, you know, when it comes to a missing person, you know, Scott Peterson is a very good example. You know, um, and if, if, if you've ever seen the movie also, um, Gone Girl, if you've never seen it, you should really watch it. It's a great, great fucking film. But the way they, they portray Ben Affleck's character very much like Scott Peterson and not to get too far off of topic, but it, it, it's very strange how, I mean, I'll say it, the, 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 the husbands react to their wives going missing. It's odd. It's not. I, I can think of a name, Jody Arias. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, heard. Yeah. Oh man. It's a, just it's a person. It's the behavioral of the person. It doesn't have to have male or female. It's just the person who is of guilt. Now, after the police uh, questioned Josh, they obtained a search warrant for his home. Now, they did take a few things. One, it wasn't very much, but they did take a few things that they found of interest. There was a few boxes, a bag, and a computer, specifically the hard drive, the big, uh, the big towers. Yeah, those are big old. They weren't easy. They're, they're, some of them weren't even light. They were no, heavy. they were heavy as shit. They were almost like 10 pounds, 8 to 10 pounds. <laughs> now, the following day on December 10th, police search Simpson Springs Campground as Josh is being questioned yet again. However, they find, they being the police, find no evidence of a crime or no, no reason of suspicion. After hours of questioning Josh, police let him go. Now, they, obviously, they can't keep him, and I can understand a lot of people's frustration. I can understand, you know, why the fuck did the police do this or do that? They can't hold someone against their will. Yes, they could, that, person is is a person of interest that's exactly what that is they are not a suspect they are not they are not the the uh criminal they just have reason to suspect this person but they cannot pinpoint specifically why just yet now as josh leaves this is now becoming local news um they were able to put it out that a woman had gone missing going back to that white woman syndrome 
<laughs> missing white woman syndrome that a woman was missing and now she's all over the local news again was in utah as josh is leaving i'm sorry as josh is pulling up to his home after leaving the police station there's already a news crew outside of his home this dude and i'll, I'll find the video real quick i'll have to cut it out obviously but again his responses are they, they don't make it's so confusing at, at how he answers these questions and I'll play the clip. And then I want you to, I want you to kind of break it down. All right. Okay. So this, this is the video clip of uh, Fox two news in Utah. Um, for those who are just listening, uh, my cursor, my mouse cursor right now is, is over Josh and, and I'm also pointing out the reporter. Josh is just getting home from the police station, and this is what the reporter is asking him. Hey, I'm Chris Jones from Hawaii. Hey, yeah. how you doing? I know this has been difficult for you. What's um, on your mind today? Well, I've been trying to figure out what I can do so I don't sit idle. I was just going to go in and get my kids because, you know, they're... How, how, are they, how are they doing? Um, they've been doing good, uh, as far as I can tell. How about you? I mean, I know this is difficult on you. How are you doing? I mean, this is such... It's got to be a lot of uh, emotions going on for you. Um, you know, people have been really helpful and supportive, so... It's been, uh, it's been really hard, but, you know, you just keep going. What, what can you tell us about that night? I mean, um, from what we understand, you went camping and then came home. Well, tell us what, what happened that night. Yeah, I just, I, a lot of times I just go camping with my boys, you know, not, not anything big. I just go overnight and, you know, we do s'mores and stuff like that. And... So I just went with the boys. I was planning to do some s'mores in the morning. and Weird, right? Yeah, he can't even answer a simple question directly. Like, can you just kind of describe it for some of the people who are listening? It was very, it was just an odd response. Everything he responded to was either it seemed like it was rehearsed and it wasn't completed. He repeated himself a couple of times. And he was nervous. You could tell in his lips. You could tell the way he was moving and how he was looking around. It's like he almost forgot what he rehearsed to say. He said cooking s'mores. The guy didn't ask him what they did when they went camping. He just said cook s'mores. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's almost sub-zero temperature and you're cooking s'mores. No offense. I just don't see that guy starting a fire without anything lighter fluid or a match. I, I don't see him <laughs> capable of using a flint. No, there's no way that that guy did that. I mean, I, I, I can't, again, I can't really speak on it, but the dude acted fucking weird during, the, during the whole thing. He was that type of guy... And I know what we all know one of them somehow. He's the type of guy who you just suspect something. Something. He doesn't have to come. I mean, a lot of people will call him weird. Okay. We're weird. You and I. We have our weird behaviors that people think we're weird. I don't know what you're talking about, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> but just by looking at him and and not even knowing the story. If I would just listen to the dialogue that him and the damned reporter went through, I'd be like, why is he avoiding a specific question? And not even specific, a very simple, specific question. Simple. There you go. It's simple. I agree. Why did you, why, what time did you guys leave? Uh, like he said, like 9 a.m. Uh, no, you know, a little late. I fucking sound like the guy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> sick some bitch <laughs> now this is another part okay 
like I said, Josh has labeled him. The, the police has has labeled Josh as a person of interest, not a suspect. This is now January 2010. Okay, it's been about a month. Susan's been missing. After a month of Susan's disappearance, Josh and the boys move out of the home. A month after all of this happens, and I'm going to ask you this question too, and I know people are going to be like, God, you guys are asking a lot of questions back and forth, but this is our hobby. It's what we do. (laughs) If your wife, my mom, went missing, just up and disappeared out of the fucking nowhere, would you move out of that house a month after, just like that, and be like, all right, got to go? Would I move? Probably not, because I wouldn't be guilty. As a guilty person, absolutely. I would move. I'd probably wait two days. Where? Let let me just say this. If you had a creepy dad like Steven, would you move back in with him? No. With your children? No. Well, Josh thought that would be a great fucking idea. So he ends up moving back to Washington to move in with a good old creepy Steven. All the while, Josh insisted he had nothing to do with Susan's disappearance. This is again on multiple and, and you can find them on uh, YouTube, which I'll, I'll be linking a, a few of the videos in the, in the description below. He, he insisted I had nothing to do with my wife's disappearance. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing. Until. You know, not even until more time passes. It's now summer, July 2010. Fucking seven months. The Powell boys, Brandon and Charles, were at summer camp. Brandon turned into a fucking Picasso kid and started drawing very interesting pictures. Well, when the camp counselor saw, she had some very interesting, quite not interesting, but she had some very but she had concerns because the, the, the what he drew was showing the two boys, him and his brother, as well as Josh, but no Susan. Where were they? At a campground. He drew a tent. She thought that was odd. Now, mind you, his, it, it, it was known that she was not there. She was missing. But it was strange that he drew this. And what, what made it even crazier and what she then told the authorities after she asked Brandon, where is mommy on the picture? That's all she wanted to know. It's not a hard question. Tell me you would be creeped out if, if you asked that question and a kid said mommy was in the trunk. Is that what he said? That's what he said. Oh, I never knew that. No way. Yeah. Brandon also remembered Josh and Susan exit the car. He told everyone, I took the boys on a camping trip to Simpson Springs. He didn't say Susan. And as far as we know, Susan stayed at home. But only Josh returned to to the car. Brandon remembers seeing his mom and dad exit the car. And then Josh come back by himself. Charlie said the same thing, except to a teacher, not a camp counselor. But this is all speculated off of children. Police still do not have proof proof that Josh committed any crime. Also, keep in fact, uh, uh, keep in mind, excuse me. Josh was not only questioned, but the police also questioned the boys. And they asked, was your mom with you that night? Brandon said yes. Mom was mom was there with us. And, and in these videos, which you can again look online, they they play them damn near side by side. Uh what's called simu, 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 simultaneously. Simultaneously. They're at they're asking the boys one question. They're asking Josh the exact same question. And Josh is saying, No, she was never there. But the boy both are saying, No, mommy was there. Mommy was there, but then daddy came back to the car. Yeah, I I actually didn't know. I I mean, I didn't fall. I guess I didn't follow the stories close enough, but 
I didn't know that they all went camping. I just thought he was the only one. So, yeah, guilt. That man is suspicious because he's guilty. Correct. He can't hide it no more. At all. All right. So, like I said, we're now we're gonna we're 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 gonna get into uh, uh, the 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 father-in-law Stephen, and then we'll end it on that for part one and uh, be a little bit of a cliffhanger for for some folks. Okay. Okay. So, again, police can improve anything. Yes, it was a weird picture that the boys drew. Yes, it sucks that he's labeled as a fucking person of interest that they don't do anything for on him, but it is what it is. Now, like I said, Josh decided to move in back with his dad, who used to watch pornographic movies with him as a child, and thought it would be a good idea to bring his now young children six and four years old or uh yeah six and four years old like 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 we've, like we've been saying josh did many many weird interviews during this time and he felt you know the heat coming down on him so he thought you know what let maybe my dad can help me maybe my dad the, the you know the voice of reason this fucking guy huh maybe he can help me out if you dad. thought fucking josh's interviews were weird Steven was batshit fucking crazy. Now, like I said, this dude did some really fucking weird interviews, and here are a couple of them. She would bend over my lap to let me smell her hair, or she would come in and say, I just waxed my legs, uh, feel my thighs, how smooth they are. Seriously, this is the kind of thing that Susan seemed to enjoy doing. Gabe, Gabe, dude, I got goosebumps. The dude's creepy. Right? He's just creep. He just everything is just like I have an an absolutely. She, I have an answer for you. Yeah, and it wasn't even like, I'm sure the fucking interview interview interviewer was like, hey, you know, what was how was your relationship with Susan? Like, was there any bad blood between you guys? And he's like, you know what? She let me smell her hair one time. (laughs) It was pretty interesting. Then she bent over and I saw her butt cheeks. It was great fucking in his mind in his mind his sick twisted mind was probably he was probably intrigued and just picturing what he's doing to the female reporter and again it gets fucking creepier with this guy and we're gonna end it pretty soon but i'm and i'm leaving everybody on a cliffhanger with, with this dude this next clip this one is actually between steven and chuck good old chucky Susan's dad. Now, to, just to oh, give you guys, wow. a, just to give you guys, a, uh, those listening and 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 you, dad. This is a person. The 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 Chuck and his and his wife were out on the street corner, hooking. No, I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> they were they were holding a uh, up signs. You know, hey, have you seen Susan? Can someone help us? Call this number. Here's a reward. Blah 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 blah. And then fucking creepy Steven comes walking in. Dude, watch. First words were like fireworks, John. These two dads, they haven't spoken face-to-face since their kids moved on to Utah. Thank you. We're just asking the public to remember her. Thank you. A simple roadside rally to keep Susan Powell's disappearance in the spotlight. We were just handing out flyers, and all of a sudden he comes approaching with cameras. Instead became a flashpoint between families. I have a restraining order right here. Would you like to read it? Well, no, that's okay. Chuck Cox, the missing woman's father, squared off with Susan Powell's father-in-law at a Fred Meyer parking lot in Puyallup. How is you coming here helping to find Susan? It isn't helping to find Susan. How is your standing at our neighborhood market helping to find Susan, Chuck? Steve Powell. What? What? Redirecting all the attention, huh? That's a narcissist. What? How is you standing on the corner of our neighborhood street? You're at a fucking Circle K, pal. It's called public. It is. He's free. trying to put out there that his wife, his daughter, is missing. How is this helping find your daughter, motherfucker? What are you doing, dude? Is weird. Dude is so fucking weird. Yeah, dude. Just that dude's giving me the chills, just as it is. I, I don't know. See, that's that's where 
I couldn't refrain from just killing the dude. I know I couldn't. I would probably... The way I feel about my children, doesn't matter, male or female, boy or girl, some cocky SOB came up to me like that to redirect the attention. I would, I would, I would honestly say that I would have tried, if not succeeded, killing the dude on TV. And I wouldn't blame. Let's let's cut to the chase. Yes, I'm guilty. You see him. The SOB is dead. I did it. It's on national news. I don't think anybody would would fucking blame me, especially after after the shit that he just pulled like that. Yeah, it's arrogant. I hate arrogance. He's just so arrogant. Now, see those those kind of clips. I never saw those kind of clips. I just heard stories, so I've never seen any of these clips. That dude just looks weird. He's weird, and it and I'm ending it on this. This is the end of part one. Okay. Not only was this motherfucker like, oh, yeah, she's bending over and feel my legs because I just shaved him and I could smell her hair. And what are you talking to her, her, her dad? You know, what are you doing on on this street corner doing this, that and the other? This fucking creep wrote her a song. He wrote her a song and it's called Secretly. That's just disturbing, dude. That's that's exactly my point. Disturbing. I don't even know what's worse at this point. Now, mind you, this was what 12, 13 years ago, 15, 20, whatever years ago. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you they wouldn't show that type of coverage nowadays. That's why they have a delay in live oh hell no live filming. They wouldn't show, they wouldn't give that that guy the time of day or the time any part of the coverage. Yeah, no, they 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 definitely wouldn't do that. They and you're right, they would have that that. 10 second delay or whatever it is they wouldn't show that or maybe they would because you know fucking people are well looking for i wouldn't say say broadcast television it would be filmed everybody has their camera out so it would have came out to some social media or some post absolutely yeah but the broadcast system that you know the the proper uh authorities proper reporters reporters yeah exactly (laughs) they wouldn't have came out they wouldn't give that guy the time Any of day. opportunity. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. this is what I'm going to fasting in it. Okay. This is what I'm going to end it on. This is the song. Just it's, it's a real quick clip. Okay. It's a real, real quick clip. But here's the song that he wrote for her. Mind you on the screen that, that I have right now, here's some of the, uh, oh God, this is some of the lyrics that's written down. It's just a couple of sentences. I can love you in a sea. I can love you each and every day. I can love you in a secret way. I can love you each and every day. He knows where she's at. He knows where she's at. That's his secret. Oh, you think so? Listen to I can love you in a special way. I can love what was it again? I can love yeah, you right here. in a secret. He knows where she's at or wherever her remains are. He probably has a a trophy. You think so? Listen to what he's saying. He is he is almost lusting. Like he's salivating saying, maybe I'm the sick one for <laughs> interpreting it that way. I don't know. <laughs> but just to me, he's saying, I I can love you in a secret way. I can love you every day. Subconsciously, yeah, he probably reminds. But I guarantee you, he's got something physical of hers. Now, mind you, I've also now what I'm looking at is a YouTube video. This person was able to pull it up. Kendall Ray, that's her. That's that's who uh, I was able to get some of this footage from. So I'll I'll be linking linking her podcast on here and YouTube page on here as well. But it says, "I can love you in a secret way. I can love you each and every day." There is nothing I can't see. There is nothing you can't be. It's imaginary and it's visual. He sees and he's pretending. He's pretending. He's playing something out in his head, dude. He's probably violating her every day in some sick, malicious, twisted fantasy of his. 
Well, well and his kid knows this. His kid, who uh, is Josh? Yeah. His kid knows that his dad is doing this. We'll or find out. Two? We'll right, find out right. in, in part two. What do you think so far of this part one split episode cliffhanger? Well, like I said, I know the story and I'm familiar with it to an extent. But what you're playing in that song, dude, that song is creepy. You want to hear? Disgusting. No, I don't want to hear no more. One more time. I can love you in a. Actually, this part where the screen is coming down. Okay. This part. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna read it to you. So there's a part just before he says, "I can love you in a secret way." Okay, it says this: "Make some room for me within you." This is his his lyric that he wrote: "Make some room for me within you." For the moment I begin to smell the perfume in your hair, and care caress you are everywhere. I'm missing caress you. you. Oh. Caress you everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm dyslexic, people. And caress you everywhere. I'm missing you. Then it goes into the chorus. I can love you in a secret way. He did something. Or they both did. They know where it's at. That is odd. That is the creepiest fucking shit ever. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is part one of the disappearance of Susan Powell. How do you feel? Okay, not good. <laughs> I want to take a shower. I I'm gonna fucking scrub myself with baking soda or vinegar right now. This is dude something creepy. Oh, it's so creepy. This this guy, and it just gets fucking creepier. And I can't wait to tell you the rest mm-hmm. of the story. All right. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for tuning in and and, and watching us. Um, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have our linked uh, website down below. Thank you, everybody. You can find the podcast on our flow page at flow.page backslash two guys, one crime. There you have all of our links, everything from social media <laughs> to the platform, the podcast platforms that we're on Spotify, Amazon and apple podcasts if you leave us a review it'd be greatly appreciated and if you can head over over to spotify and leave us a five-star review granted there's no words that you could you could you could put in there but it's a star system one one through five we'd greatly appreciate it if you could do that for us until the next crime we'll talk to you later now you like that okay perfecto oh this is gonna be so good now okay uh welcome everybody back to the podcast this is two guys one crime hosted by a son and a father we are your hosts i'm little jim as with i'm big jim (laughs) one more time let's redo I see how Becky Sue in Pornhub feels now. <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Excuse me. Let's cut that out. Yeah. That came Holy out of nowhere. Shit, dude. Was that I heard you... that come from your lower intestine. You heard it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>